podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another TAT pod. I'm your host, Ben, and today we are joined by the prodigal son. Um, I've got it coming out of my speaker somewhere. What is that coming out of? Is that my YouTube? Sorry, guys, that was an abysmal start. Uh, but we are rejoined with the prodigal son. He has returned. The man, the myth, the legend. The man who started the whole YouTube thing off with um, TAT with myself. It's Connor. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, thank you, mate. Uh, yeah, been a long time, but I'm back. So, yeah, feeling good. Cool, mate. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on, as you know. And joining us for the first time, part of the the team. And, you know, we've got a couple more people coming on as well, very shortly, which we are excited about. But Mohammed is joining the TAT pod. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to, I'm glad to be here now. finally started, so... I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, you've you listen, you've come at a bad point, mate. If you joined us last season, it would all be nice and we'd have trophies, etc. to talk about. But um do you just want to introduce yourself, mate, and just give a quick like background of what you do and Yeah, sure. So um my main my main role basically I'm a trainee journalist at um at the BBC. i got I got got this role part time ish basically and um, and I also study journalism, post journalism. So yeah, those are the two main things. So I'm basically immersed in the world of journalism practically. And I, and I occupy, and I also do some some side work for um, AFTV, um, South London Press, and um, I do some political journalism for Shout at UK. Quality stuff, mate. Um, and also a big Liverpool fan. So um, of course, I forgot yeah, to mention that. The, main thing, the most important. Yeah, of course, um, course, course, course. Let's get through some comments before we get started, and we'll crack on. Uh, Ali A, always in the house. How you doing, mate? Big up Ben. This season has been a disaster. Nice to see you, mate. Eunice is here again. Big up. And Alfie Cassidy, just want to see you guys are brilliant on Twitter. And I love the work you guys do. Big jobs by by all well in lads. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive team of us. So um, I'll make sure the lads see that. And, you know, there's uh, there's a big team that far bigger than, than this guys on here that get all the transfers and do all the research and stuff. So, um, yeah, they do work tremendously hard to make sure fans get the latest news as soon as it happens but guys i'm gonna start off casting our minds back a few days and i'm gonna start off with you two boys because i said to you off here it just seems like i say the same stuff every single podcast so it'll be nice to hear your two's opinions on this um i was actually at the game so i, I also want to hear if it was like a different sort of um take really we'll start with um we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll go Mohammed, put him in the in the deep end on his first pod mate uh just give me a summary mate really briefly of the of the game how we performed you know the way the goals came yeah, so about <laughs> go on yeah I, I guess it was it was the same old issue it was just a, a lack of application mm-hmm. a lack of intensity in in the midfield and the Wolves goals were pretty much each score the first goal was quite unlucky I mean I thought we started off quite well and then the goal obviously came I, I guess against the run play with with the Allison goal and then this, the, the second goal was pretty much some W Liverpool season you have an easy cut through with the midfield and a cut back to um, Hungi Chan. Bit of a mix up between Kanate and Allison, and and and, and there we go, two two. And then I thought after the two two, it was it was quite. We managed to gain control again. We had a bit of possession in midfield. I thought that was okay also, but then it was a lack of. We couldn't we couldn't find an edge through the midfield. I thought the front three did struggle a little bit. I guess I don't know if the Gakpo Nunes and Salah for free is is it was it was it, I mean I guess it was Gakpo's first game so I'm not going to judge him too harshly but it didn't look it didn't look good or it didn't look good on the eye at all I don't think Gakpo could manage to find rhythm or he managed to find any way to kind of cut through and 
and and and I guess light up this light up the first game the same way Diaz did last season, where when Diaz came in when Diaz came against um, Cardiff last season, he managed to find it, um, set up a goal immediately when he came on his day, but Gakpo struggled with that. So, so the front three the front three didn't look good, the midfield didn't look good again, and then it was just mixed up with the back again of defense. So it, it pretty much summed up the two goals pretty much summed up Liverpool all season, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that, mate, 100%. And Connor, do you, are you in the same boat? Is this just something that we've seen time and time again, which just makes you think, like, when are things going to change? I think for the first 15, like, and up until sort of Wolves' first goal, I thought we looked quite bright. I thought we were moving the ball quite quickly. We were moving the ball well. Um, again, it's it's the areas that we are begging, you know, we, we are begging our club to, to fix the midfield and, and you know, in, in areas like that. It just looked really lacklustre. But, you know, the first sort of opening spell, we looked good. Gakpo looked good to start with. I agree with Mohamed. I think he was a, just a little bit off it, you know. But then, like we've said before in previous games, the same as we said with Nunes, you know, no one, not everyone is going to be Luis Diaz, how well he, how well he played against Cardiff in his initial game that he played for us. And I think because a player's come in and set that standard, we expect that from every player that comes in. And it doesn't happen, mm. you know, it takes time. I think Gakpo looked lively though. Um, even with the first shot on target he had, you know, it was it was a poor shot, but it was a shot that, you know, we haven't seen recently. We haven't seen them sort of uh, those quick sort Tidy of, first touch the, as well. Yeah, and the, the, the touch to take it away from the defender as well was, was really promising. And I thought he, you know, it took him a while to get into the game, but Mohammed spot on really with everything he said there. We just we look lackluster mm. and we look like we need something, we need something sort of creative and, and we sort of got that when Cater come on because he looked to sort of control the game and, and made that game a little bit better. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with what both of you said there, really. Um, I was, you know, when the lineup came out, I was, I, I'm not that confident with any game at the minute. Like, this was the first time I've been to a game where you just don't really expect much. And But when that lineup came out, I did think, okay, we, we can we can do this because... It was strong because obviously we had the Saturday to Saturday thing, I think, um, because it was uh, the FA Cup on the, the weekend. So we kind of had to go strongish, or these guys weren't going to play for two weeks. Um, so I think that was the logic behind it. I wouldn't expect it to be that strong in the, in the replay at Molyneux, um, which is annoying because that was the chance gone now. But um, I 100% agree with what both of you have said. But uh, the Gapo thing, um, I, I agree with to, to an extent. I just feel like with a new player coming into this Liverpool side now that isn't functioning, that isn't attacking well, that doesn't have that creative spark, that doesn't have all these things which have made it easy for other attackers to come in. Like, look at Mo Salah when he came into the club. You had Coutinho at a world-class level, Mane at a world-class level, Firmino at a world-class level. All of them top, top draw. Now we've got Mo Salah and Nunes is, you know, hit and miss whether he scores or not. So... With that, I, I didn't really have any expectations on Gakpo. I just thought, okay, let's see what he's got. And I was not, you know, nothing to write home about, but I was relatively happy with what I saw. He was always opening for the ball. He didn't really have a set position for me. We didn't know whether he was playing down the middle or on, on the wing. It kind of seemed to change um, every ever so often. But um, yeah, it's interesting. And we'll see what's going to happen because there's rumours that he's not going to play at the weekend because um, he he wants to transition him in. So we'll see about that. But yeah, in terms of the general game, you guys are you guys are spot on with everything you say. It's the midfield issue, which again, is going to be a big segment of the pod. So stay around guys for that. We're going to have the discussion on the midfield 
Uh, one midfielder in particular that was substituted on um, for Wolves, which is a big talking point for us. But yeah, uh, let's just break the game down quickly and we'll um, look, look at the goal. So Connor, mate, we'll come to you first for this one. Uh, first goal for, for Wolves, obviously, the opening of the game. And when Liverpool play at the minute, it's never... <laughs> it's never ideal going a goal down, first of all. But when a player who's been hands down our best player of the season is <laughs> doing that, um, doesn't make it easy, does it, mate? No, not at all. Um, it's hard to sort of like, sort of explain it, but um, Alisson's done this before and that sounds wrong considering he's probably been one of the best keepers in Europe, if not in the world recently. Um, and has, has sort of saved us at, at many a time. Yeah. But uh, it's just poor from the beginning. It looks rushed. It looks like no one knew what was going on. It looked as if we were going to set up to play wide and then go forward and play sort of through the lines. And it was sort of just one straight ball that, one, wasn't a great touch. Two, Wolves looked ready compared to, to us. We just looked, you know, going back to the same word, really lacklustre and, and poor. You know, Thiago loses the ball as well. That's another thing. He does well to win it back. But even so, it just, it was too complacent for me. It it just didn't look right. But most importantly, it looked rushed. And it looked as if no one knew what was going on. Completely out of shape. Um, yeah, it's really hard to try and explain because it's so unlike us. But as you said, it's a really tough time at the moment. Uh, it, yeah, just... Really, just straight up poor. To be honest, I don't, I don't mean how else to describe it. Yeah, this is this is what I'm saying, mate. And Mohammed, you know, I, my point was like, it's hard enough for us to win games as it is right now. And you know, when Ali and I'm not gonna moan at him too much because, like I say, he's barely done anything wrong this season. Um, it, it just it it sets a, a bad tone for the game, and I think that was the the moment where I thought, okay, this is probably gonna be. Very tough now because a team that's struggling to score, that's struggling to defend against a Wolves team, which was very rotated of 100%. But it was a Wolves team that was hungry, that had that desire that we once had in ourselves. Um, so, yeah, first of all, what are your thoughts on that one, mate? And then we'll uh, we'll touch over the Darwin Nunes equaliser. Yeah, I the issue is when your best player, like you touched on, makes a mistake. Like I don't know if you guys saw afterwards, the whole team just looked a bit... Bit, bit lackluster after we saw Robertson like punch the air in frustration a few, a few minutes later. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't help us when like if when Nunes misses a chance or Salah misses a chance, I guess you get that feeling. Okay, we're getting close, we're close. But when it's an error at the back, and again, it's from your best, it's from your best player on the pitch. It does, it doesn't help the confidence. It doesn't help the confidence in um, around the whole team. So it was, a, it was, a, it was a very, very poor start. I, I guess we, did, we we were able to kick on the last last five minutes of the house are very good before we got the Nunes equaliser. But that whole ten minutes before the goal and after the goal was was, was very poor. And it's just again same 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 old Liverpool, I guess. Yeah, and then and you touched on it there, mate. The Nunes equaliser. Um, where I was sat in the in the Ali Road, and you could see the the loose ball that Trent ran onto, and the the pace from Trent there, I think, was was the thing that was very impressive for me because you could see how hungry he was to get on the end of it. Um, no one was beating him to that ball. Then he takes that five yards forward with the ball. And then he puts in the most perfect ball, which is something where before the World Cup, we didn't really see too much of Trent. 
But after the World Cup, the same thing's happened again. He's been dropped from the England manager. And all of a sudden, the last few games, I know the results necessarily haven't been there, but Trent individually has been a lot better. And yeah, just talking it, mate, Trent for that goal, first of all, and then the Nunes finish. I mean, it was just a lovely goal, wasn't it? No, it was a, it was a fantastic goal. Trent, Trent, Trent all round, even defensively. I mean, we all, we all speak about him defensively, but even defensively, it was fantastic that game also. The right side looked, looked very good. The thing about the Nunes goal, which, which gave me, which probably didn't surprise me, was that the, the finish was so instinctive in the sense that he didn't, it wasn't too much about thinking, but it was just like he just lashed onto it and he went in. And I, and I think that's those are the kind of goals that we're going to see Nunes score quite a lot of simply because mm. some of the finishes that Nunes, some of the goals that, some of the one-on-ones or finishes that Nunes misses up or goals are, are finishes or situations where he has too much time to think about. Whereas perhaps we saw the, we saw the chances against Man City and the chances against Aston Villa where perhaps he gets two, three, four, five seconds to think about where am I going to place it? Where am I going to strike it? Where, how much power am I going to put into it? And he ends up messing up. And I think though, I think that just indicates to demonstrate it's, it's simply a confidence issue. It's simply an issue where he has to he has to become more confident that he can start finishing with his situations. Whereas the goal he scored against Wolves, was there was no thinking about it, just lashed onto it. It's an instinctive finish, put his foot through it and he went in. So I'm I'm glad he scored that. I'm glad he scored that goal. It was a good goal. Yeah, <laughs> Connor, we've spoke about Nunes so so many times and um I was just, I remember watching seeing the goal go in and it's just like this guy has missed way, way easier chances than that, which is the frustrating part. He, he manages to put one of those in first time, like uh, Mohammed says, an instinctive finish. And um, yeah, it was just a relief that he finally got his goal, wasn't it? Because you could see in the celebration just how much it meant to him. He went absolutely mental. Yeah, he, he did. And it was you and me that initially sort of spoke about Nunes when he was first sort of, you know, marked to come here. And he's been, well, he's been decent. And, you know, Maybe one likes to critique a Liverpool player at the moment because it's it's just the norm, really. I think we've all got used to that. I think everyone watching this who is a Liverpool fan has got used to that. But <clears throat> um, he hasn't been up to, to standard and it was a great finish and it's a great ball. Again, as you said, the World Cup, we haven't seen that side of Trent for a long time. I think that was his only his second assist of the year or of the season and his first one just came last week. So, mm. you know, it's nice to see. It's nice to see the link up. Um, the tweet come out, you know, I don't know how long that's been in Liverpool's draft, but the tweet <laughs> come out, um, it come out pretty quickly as well. Um, yeah. So, it was a good finish, not going to take that away from him, it's just a consistency now. And, and Mohamed's right, he, maybe it's a case of he is getting too much time on the ball, I think his, his shot against Villa, which sort of raised the crossbar and, and has hit the, t- hit the roof of the net in, that's a, that's a chance that he probably should have took as well. There's chances that we could say, and you know, the big chances that he's missed, but um, I've seen you back him up on Twitter and I've sort of I've retweeted everything you've said about it is that he is getting in the right position more so than any other striker has for us for a long time and he's constantly in the right positions and it's just about having that sort of final final finish now but he, he is promising and he looks as if he's just going to continue to get better. Yeah, 100%. I, I guess the, um, go on. I was going to say, I guess, I guess the, the one thing I can give us up is that He's generating XG, and that's the, I guess that's the most important yeah. thing for striking. You just have oh, to hope 100%. that eventually, eventually the, the finishes will come in at the end. I just, if it was a striker that was lack of confidence or struggling to struggling to get into positions, that that would worry me more. But as long as you mm. keep generating those XGs, you just to keep hoping that eventually the finish will come. Because I was looking, I was looking a bit a bit about Nunes before about just simply historically how he is. He's typically a player that that tends to. 
um, in fact, overball is XG. He's normally a good finisher. He's like uh, questions about him being a bad finisher is not something that scouts or whatever mocked up. But he's normally a very good finisher, and he tends to overperform to XG. This this season is underperforming here, and I guess the only reason we can put that down to is simply confidence or simply not mm-hmm. not being assured yet or not or, think, or thinking too much about it. And so, as long so, so as long as he as long as he keeps generating those XG, I'm confident that hopefully he will he will start scoring goals. I guess he will, he will always be a player that has high output in the sense that he keeps generating XG, but he might not always be efficient. He might not score 25 mm-hmm. goals from 25 XG, but simply because he generates 25 XG, he must end up scoring 20 goals for us. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's generating XG, which is the most important thing for me right now anyway. Spot on, mate. And yeah, Connor's right. I have backed this guy ever since he came in. You know, there's people before he even kicked a ball for us, like slandering the, the transfer and, oh, should have got this guy, that guy. You might think that, but I think it's important that, and the same with Gakpo, as soon as a player that, you know, we signed puts on a Liverpool shirt, you have to back him. You have to get behind them. And even now with Nunes, like we're saying, oh, Gakpo's only played um, like 70 minutes or whatever he played. Well, yeah, that's true. But Nunes has also only played half a season. And even if you look at his minutes, like you can say, oh, he's played this amount of games, but his minutes haven't been anywhere near as much as, I think we'd have hoped because obviously he got his suspension. I think he, he got an injury for one of the, a couple of the games. And um, when you actually break it down, I think I, I did the research the other day. Don't quote me on this, but from my memory, I believe he's got a goal or an assist every 104 minutes. I think it was. Um, could be wrong, but I think that's what it was. I did tweet it. Um, and when you say that doesn't sound bad. Um, and like, like you both say, it's just the confidence, I believe. And, like when this Liverpool team does click, and if it clicks this season, we don't know, but definitely next season, um, after we've made the right signings or whatever, which we're going to get onto, by the way, um, you know, we'll see the best of him. Like I said it about Gakpo, he, he's come into a team where we don't even know what we're doing. We've seen about three or four different formations, different setups, different ways of playing. Um, you've got Diaz and Jota both out injured at the minute, which doesn't help. Because I think there was a couple of games when Jota came back from his first injury. He was playing in the deeper role and he was doing really well. And obviously Diaz is just Diaz. We know what he has to offer. Um, and now it's like, okay, Gakpo comes in. But before that, it was just Nunes and Salah, which can only make it harder for him. Um, so 10 goals already. I think that's a decent amount of goals. There's many Liverpool greats which didn't manage to do that in the amount of games that Nunes has. Um and he's on course to get 20. And I, I remember at the start of the season when we signed him, I said 20 is my expectation. And for that amount of money, yeah, okay, fine. You can say he's still young or whatever. But with that amount of money we paid for him, I said 20 goals. If he can get that, very good start. And he's on course to do that now. So let's see what happens. Um, the <laughs> the second goal, um, Connor, uh, it was controversial, but I think the assistants got it right because... The rule of the look, the, that's the way. Yeah, the rule is that um, if a defender does play the ball, then the second phase is a new phase, isn't it? So when Gapo does play the ball over the top, I believe Salah may be offside. But then because the defender has played the ball, which is harsh, but it's the rules, it's, it's a goal. And I think Salah did well to get it onto his left foot and slot it home. Yeah, I think I think the rule is is that if a player go if a if a defending player goes to play the ball intentionally. And it's not a deflection, then it is the second phase of play. Um, Salah is offside uh, from when the ball is played, but it's the fact that um, the defender, I think it was Tozzi, literally does go to head the ball away and just so happens that he doesn't get the header right. So obviously it counts. 
but there was, you know, <clears throat> there was more VAR decisions that, you know, happened in that game. So that's probably not the most important one. Good finish. Again, with Gakpo, you know, a good ball. If it, if it misses Totti, obviously, and, and, and Salah goes on to score, it's offside. But it's still a good ball. And he, and he showed glimpses in that game of, of why he's promising. And, you know, for the money we pay for Gakpo, it's going to be good and it's going to end up getting there. We've only seen, as you said, 78 minutes of him so far. But this this is a player who, you know, is, is very young and probably had the most outstanding group stage World Cup performance out of any player. So, again, as we always say, give him time and, and he looks promising. It's a great finish from Salah. And it's a finish that we know he can produce. It's a finish we know that he's got in his locker. It just so happens we haven't really seen that much this year. Um, but... It's positive and it's a good goal and we deserve it. I think I think we deserved it at the time because we were putting a lot of pressure on them and yeah, it's a it's a good goal, but obviously it just, just wasn't enough. Yeah, um hundred percent, mate. And Mohammed, your thoughts on that as well, and then uh we'll we'll talk about the tragic equalizer. <laughs> Yeah, and no, I mean, Connor um, touched on the Gakpo cross and the and, and and the rule that allowed it to be onside. But the finish from Salah was pretty impressive too. I mean, he did compose once again, mm-hmm. slotted it nicely home. I mean, he, he could have messed up. He could have thought it was offside. He could have thought whatever, but he did. He did what we expect of Salah, which was to finish it and tuck it home nicely. So we des- we deserved a second goal. It's just a shame that we we couldn't hold on to it because we were playing good in the moment. And the issue the issue about Liverpool is that I guess. Because we, I guess, like when when we were a bit poor two seasons ago in that twenty twenty one season, issue it was it was more about an issue of us not scoring enough goals. We had something like seventy shots, zero on per playing goal, etc. But nowadays it's an issue of us. Perhaps we score a goal, perhaps we go goal down, we we, uh, we come back from behind, we can't find that killer goal to make it three one, to make it two nil, to make it one, and we end up leaving it late. That ends up becoming too too contested, too whatever. So so yeah, it was a shame we couldn't hold on to lead, but it was a it was a, it was a good goal from Salah again. Hundred percent, mate. Uh, really nice finish on his left foot. And moving on from that one, mate. Wolves um, <laughs> got the equaliser, and I think that was something that we're familiar with this season. Just a player or two players playing the simple one-two. They're in on goal, and then I think it, from memory, it was very fortunate. I think it took a deflection off Canate and just trickled in the back of the net. There's about three players trying to keep it out, um, but just too easy, wasn't it, mate, for those two players to make that one-two and then get the finish off? I think it was it was Huang, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was it was incredibly unlucky because I guess Konati thought he could try to get a nick on it, tuck it away. Allison went one way, then the goal, and then the goal ended up going the other way, and he couldn't he couldn't react in time. It was unfortunate circumstances, but it was just an issue of us not finding a killer goal to make it through and before they even got into that situation anyway. I mean, we I don't think we we rarely go and we rarely go games without scoring goals now. It's just that Perhaps we go one nil or two nil. We just can't find that goal to extend our lead or to or to make two one or to find to find the killer goal. I mean, against Brentford, we had a situation where Nunes had Nunes was one on one with the keeper. He missed it, and then we end up conceding later on. We just we just we just end up giving teams that momentum and confidence to get back in because we could start off excellently, forty five minutes, be one nil, be a goal up. But if it gets to 70, 80, 90 minutes, inevitably we're going to be put under pressure because teams are going to have that belief that they could they could get that goal back, but. If we can kill, if we can kill teams off early by scoring that second, scoring that third goal, which we were so good at in 18, 19, 19, 20 and last season, well, we, we struggle to do that nowadays. So it was a, it was, a, it was unlucky. But I guess, I guess we can't really blame the unfortunate things that happened. It was just the issue of us not finding a killer goal again, which allowed us to let Wolves pressure us. 
grid, mate. And Connor, we'll we'll just go fi- quickly finish on this um, Wolves game. Their goal, which I've seen a lot of people cry about, who don't seem to know the rules again and offsides. And look, Klopp has even come out and said that he feels incredibly unlucky for uh, Wolves. He, I don't think he'd seen the evidence, whatever, to say he was onside or offside. I think he just felt like if the VAR did get it wrong and they didn't have the angle or whatever, he does feel sorry for them. Um, but at the end of the day, mate, if the FA or whoever is in charge of setting up these cameras hasn't got the angle and then the lino flags... Then they try and check it. They can't. They can't check for something they haven't got, can they? And and give it off if they literally don't have any proof to suggest that Nunes was in an offside position. I'll be honest. It's quite bizarre the rulings. To be fair, of you know we don't have the correct camera angle. You know we are a, a an ex you know Premier League winning club. You know we've won Champions Leagues recently as well. The fact that you don't have a right camera angle at one of the biggest stadiums in the country is quite bizarre, really. Um, and again, I still don't really know what offside one he's got. I don't really know what ball he's on about. Is he on about the cross initially? Is he on about... Because let's face it, when Totti puts the ball in the back of the net, he's not offside. Mm-hmm. Not offside at all. Canate standing on the line. Um, so it makes you wonder what, what sort of one was offside. I think Klopp's right to say, you know, it was relatively lucky. Uh, unlucky, sorry. Um but it's bizarre. I'm sorry. I, I don't see how you can't have the right camera angle at a, a well-renowned stadium, not only known in, in England, but across the world. There's people that come from different continents to come to Anfield and to not have the right camera angle in a game is is, is pretty bizarre, really. Mm-hmm. And before I go to Mohammed, um, <clears throat> just a quick disclaimer. There's a lot of nonsense going on in the comments, guys. I don't know what's going on, but we are going to be blocking and timing people out if it continues. We don't want to. We want you guys to engage in the conversations and the topics. But if you are just going to be trolls, if you are just going to write a load of nonsense, then, you know, we will be doing that because there are people here that genuinely do want to want to discuss this stuff. So uh, please be respectful. Please be nice to each other and just engage in the conversation. That would be amazing. And also, guys, there's 23 of you in here right now. Um, there is how many likes? Nine likes. So if you could smash a like and subscribe to the channel, uh, regular streams every single week coming out um, on Spotify and Apple as well. So if they, if you'd rather listen to it, if you're out or whatever, then you can do that too. So yeah, um, yeah, Mohammed. I mean, there's not really too much else to say about that goal. I mean, it's just a disgrace, isn't it, that they they don't have a camera facing that stand. Yeah, I mean, I guess the funny thing is that Wolves actually had a camera that proved Nunes was on site. They have some sort of tactile camera up up on like the gantry or something. So they had they had a camera that that proved that Nunes was offside. It's just that VAR used broadcasters' cameras, the cameras that ITV use or the cameras that are there. So they they couldn't they couldn't um, they couldn't uh, establish whether whether it was an offside or not. So they ended up going to the the on field decision. But Wolves' tactile camera that they used to obviously reflect in the game that it proved that Nunes was onside. And uh, it was Trent who was playing him on. So the the first header comes out, comes back to Nunes, who crosses back in. Nunes is onside, but the linesman must have thought that Nunes was offside, and that's why he's ruled it out. But on on second on second looking, it looks like he was onside. So I guess it was unlucky, good for us, I guess, because I do think it would have been it would have been particularly harsh, very harsh on us. I, I know we didn't deserve to perhaps score the third goal, but I don't think I don't think on 90 minutes when you reflect on it, we we deserve to lose the game. Also, I think. For large periods, we were a better team. We just ended up letting Wolves put pressure on us and, and that allowed them to get their second and third goals. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I think if we won that game, people would have thought, okay, fine, maybe deserve to win. But um, yeah, I think someone mentioned it in the comments earlier after the, the Salah goal or whatever, I don't think there was too many more chances for us after that. And, you know, he takes off all the big hitters in the last 10 minutes. Ben Doku, we're not going to delve into the game too much more. Half an hour's gone already. But um, Ben Doke for me, yeah, I, I want to see more of him. I want to see him play in the replay. I want to see him start. I think he's ready. Um, I think he's, you know, he comes on and he's absolutely fearless with the ball. He just runs at defenders. He's always shown for the ball. He put in a couple nice tackles as well. Um, and if a kid at the minute, one of our, our young lads, like whether it be Stefan Bacetic or Ben Doke or anyone like that, give him a go. Why not? Because we've we've used the same players all this time and they've clearly not done enough. They've clearly not been good enough this season. So, you know, it's a risk playing a young player like that. Obviously, we saw what happened to Bacetic when we played against Man City in the Cup. It was a horrible game for him. Um, but if the if the fixture's right, like for example the Wolves replay, I don't think um, you know it's going to be our strongest eleven that plays. I would definitely start Ben Doke up. But um, that's for another conversation. We're going to quickly move on, guys, to uh, transfer news. And obviously there was something that came out. I think it was during the Brentford game at half time. Uh, so this tweet's a few days old now. But as you can see, we tweeted that Liverpool um, made a commitment to go back for Mateus Nunes. And as things stand, a deal will be agreed around €50 million, Euros, which is £44 million, pounds, for him to join in the summer. Uh, now, this is Sam Wallace, very reliable source, and John Percy as well, I believe, is the other guy, who, again, is very, very reliable. Um, and then we've got another one from Paul Joyce in just a moment. Mohamed, going to start with you, mate, with this. Um, first of all, let's talk about Mateus Nunes as the player and do you see him fitting in? And then we'll move on to the whole nonsense about letting him go to Wolves to then bring him in. So, first of all, mate, do you rate Mateus Nunes and is he somebody that you'd like to see come into our midfield in the summer? Because let's face it, I think at this point is pretty much going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I, I like Mateus Nunes quite a lot. I mean, I, I guess the issue is, that I guess yeah, you touched on it just a little bit, I don't know why we would sign him in the summer if we had an opportunity to sign him last summer also because... I guess it was clear we were going to sign a DM. We nearly signed Real Madrid and the French Prefecture many last summer, but we couldn't do it because he wanted to have to go to Real Madrid. So there was clearly a willingness to sign a DM. We decided not to opt for one. But if Nuno's on the market and now we're going to end up signing him this summer, it, it, it does it, it does it does it does um, give credit to those people who question that perhaps Liverpool's transfer department or transfer scouting or whatever is in some sort of I don't know trouble right now or whatever with, with all the all the departures etc because I guess we were we were known for playing that we were known for the kind of club that if the play is available the money's right we sign them straight away and I guess Gakpo does mm-hmm. Gakpo does prove that we still we still can do that but if Nunes ends up coming this summer when we could have signed him last summer and considering that we actually need a DM it does seem it does seem quite weird but I do like Nunes a lot I mean he's someone that his dribbling is very good he can be a destroyer. He can be someone that puts a tackle in, but he's also got a bit of build that technical ability where he can pass the ball. A bit like Roger, he can pass the ball, short passes, long passes, spray passes. So I, I do, I do rate him quite a lot. He, he's not exactly like Fabinho, where perhaps he's as ruthless as Fabinho, but he can be a destroyer, which is still a good thing. But he gives me a bit more Roger vibes, where he's a bit more composed on the ball, more calm on the ball, and, and tends to recycle position rather than I don't know trying to find a killer pass or whatever. But I do, I do like Mateus Nunes a lot. He's a very, he's very technically good, and 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 he's got the DM attributes that we need. 
I agree with you, mate. Um, Connor, I guess I'm going to go back to the game just very briefly. Um, yeah, what what did you think on his cameo? Because when I seen him, I, I was I was impressed. I thought the way he was just kind of dominating him and Ruben Neves when they were on the pitch together, they kind of just made it look so easy. And I think we make we we make it easy for other teams at the minute. But you know, you can't take credit away from them. I mean, Ruben Neves was. Really, 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 really good. He was incredible. And he's, again, he's another player that was linked with us in the summer and a player that I was happy to, you know, 50 mil go get him. But Mateus Nunes, mate, at Anfield, how do you think he got on when he came on? And yeah, same same as Mohamed, mate. Do, do you, are you for this transfer? Do you think he's one of the right options to take our midfield forward? I'm, I'm, for, I'm for the transfer, don't get me wrong. Um, but as Mohamed said, if we could have signed him in the summer, why didn't we sign him in the summer? Why'd we let him go to Wolves? But, you know, I'd still be really happy with him. He only had, I think it was a half an hour cameo against us, but as you said, he made it look easy. Um, that midfield of Ruben Neves and Mateus Nunes is, is quite deadly considering they're so low in the Premier League at the moment. It's, it's quite bizarre, really, that they're sitting in the bottom three, um, as you made some of the Wolves fans aware on the way home on the, on the weekend, that um, they said they are sitting in the bottom three. So... But I'm impressed with his cameo. He was good against United as well. I think he had a full 90 against United. And he was good against Villa as well in parts of, of what I saw. But I was just reading, obviously, in the comments. And it makes you wonder, Ali has said, um, if we get him, it means we won't get Jude. And it does pose the question, we're linked with so many other players at the moment. The players, Nunes, um, Moses Casado, who obviously is now, looks as if he's going to go towards Chelsea. Are we sort of trying to come away from Jude? Is, is is it basically, has Jude gone, you know, are we going to get football? Are we going to get, you know, European football this year? It makes it makes you question it because we know that FSG aren't going to particularly want to invest in players this, this summer, especially if they're selling. Um, I saw I saw a TikTok which was like, you know, maybe they should invest. You know, they bought the club for 300 million. They're going to sell it for 5 billion. The best thing for them to do now to be invest you know, they've got it wrong so many times recently for us. And that's why we all opposing the same thing about FSG out and all that. You know, buy the players now, sell the club, leave it in a good position. And then, you know, you've sort of left your, your, your legacy on the club. If, you know, you sign Jude, you sign Nunes, you, you, you rebuild a midfield that is going to win your competitions. Uh, and, you know, they walk away with their money and we walk away in a, in a position which we would like to hold next season. Um but then it, it does it does pose the question, is Jude now sort of going down the ladder as such and is Nunes because Nunes looks like a certain as you said. And yeah. and but as as happy as I am with the signing of Nunes, it does question now is, is Jude Dill sort of moving away from us. I get the concerns hundred percent and I think the, the Real Madrid stuff coming out from like their mouthpieces like Marsa and all of that doesn't help, but it's not I don't think it was ever going to be just Jude. And if it was ever going to be just Jude, I think most fans would probably have argued, well, let's do something else because we could, we don't need one midfielder. We need at least three because three are going out, not to mention Hendo and Fabinho are not the players they were. Thiago is injury prone. Nab, well, Nab is one of the three going out. So it was. I don't think it's ever going to be just Jude. If Jude comes in, I'd still expect at least one more minimum. Um and both of those two combined, if the fees, you say 100 to 120 for Jude, and then Nunes is 44, that's like 165 million 
maximum for both of those. And we haven't spent much in a long time. I know we just signed Gapo, but still we, you know, we've been hearing all sorts of stuff about um, record revenues and record profits and all of this. So the money's there. Let's not kid ourselves. People think we're broke because FSG don't spend. They have the money. Um, they just aren't investing for whatever purpose. And um, let's not forget, they are looking to sell. People will try and spin it and say PR or whatever, but they are actively looking to sell the club. They just want their money and they want their asking price. So, again, that could be a huge factor as well. But I think my thing on, on Nunes is, like I, I touched on it just then, I think he was brilliant when he came on against us in the summer. I wasn't I wasn't sure about him. I didn't know too much about him. And still, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert because I don't think I've watched enough Wolves. I don't think he's played as much as, I, you know, people probably would have thought. But um, he looks like a, a very, very good player and, Let's be real. He he will certainly be an upgrade on what we have. And there's another tweet here, a quote from Paul Joyce. Uh, there was a hug at full time between Wolves midfielder and Mateus Nunes. I desperately tried to find that picture for the thumbnail, but I couldn't find it. Um, here's a top. Here's a target to improve the team in the summer with 44 million deal muted. Uh, still, the problem needs addressing now. So Paul Joyce is putting it on thick there, saying that Liverpool need to do something now. And we all, you know, we'd all be in agreement um, with that statement. Uh, like Connor said, I think Moises Caicedo is the one which I think everybody would have expected us to move for. But we're hearing now about homegrown rules. And um, I don't know all the, the, the rules and issues behind that. But apparently we can't get someone like him because of that. But yeah, I mean, he's spot on, isn't he? And um, there's been a, f- a few rumours going around recently about um, is it Kone from Gladbach and uh, obviously the Amrabat rumours were very strong during the World Cup and all these other things so there is still time there's what 20 odd days left um, maybe a bit more um, you know of the window so we just got to hope that Jurgen Klopp who we are going to come to in a minute comes to his senses because he has been saying some uh, questionable things let's be real about the midfield situation and um yeah, we just got to hope that they go and invest. But um, yeah, think, moving on with with gone, Connor, you finish. No, Ben, I was just saying, as you said about you know, the, it's only just touching on it because I, I saw that that tweet about it a couple of days ago. You're right in saying they've got money. You know, we've seen the whole thing about the LA basketball team and, and whatever it is. Yeah, but you're, you're spot on. You bought the club for three hundred million, and you're you're selling the club for upwards of 4 billion, you know, close to 5 billion. If the, the sale is, is made complete for that price, why would, you know, you've made serious money off this club, Champions Leagues, you know, the, the Premier League, uh, sort of English domestic cl- uh, cups and all of them. Why would you not invest and put yourselves in a position where Liverpool fans look at you and go, okay, yeah, you, you, you've not been great, but, you know, you took us out of turmoil you know, you, you've stopped us from sort of going liquidating and, and, and situations like that. And you've actually built a legacy for someone else to come in and build upon. You know, I've seen, I've read in the comments as, as we go along, homegrown talent, we've got some of it. We haven't got bundles and bundles, you know, Harvey Elliott, obviously one of ours, Carvalho who came in last year, he's not homegrown, but again, he's a young star who will only get better with time. Why would you not go and invest on free maybe two or three midfielders like Nunez, Jubelin and Casado if we were to get him or anything like that and sort of leave on a good or leave on a high as such because right now 
all everyone keeps saying now is, you know, FSG are this, FSG are that. And, you know, as much as we agree, we have to maintain that neutral side of us. You know, we, we do run, you know, you do run a big, we do run a big podcast here. We, you know, our opinions have to be our own, obviously, but fair in mm-hmm. the sense that we don't look like, you know, awful. But everyone thinks the same thing. We all want FSG out. We want FSG to sell. We all want these big investors or whoever we get. But why would you not invest some of that money that you've made off of us? I think it's, I think there's a hundred and sixty-six thousand percent return of investment on them if they were to sell for five billion and they bought it for three hundred. Mm. It, it, like it's it's bizarre how they wouldn't want to invest, considering the amount they bought us for and the amount they're going to sell us for. That that that's the point. The, the bit you just said there, mate, and I, that's the confusion for me as well because with what we have at the minute. Um, top four as possible, but it's not likely. Like, it's you know, if we lose a few more games, it's kind of fading away. So, you'd think if they want to get maximum profit, which they obviously do, it's FSG we're talking about, they would just go and get a midfielder that's of a good standard. Maybe, uh, um, the guy from Gladbach that's been linked with us, um, Caicedo, Amrabat, I don't know who, I'm not a scout, I'm not you know, saying these are the guys, there's probably many more that they're looking at that we don't even know um, but you would think that with you know, top four being in the balance, for let's be real, only the second time since we've been at the top um, th- they would be panicking and they'd be like, okay, we need to fix this issue so that when we do sell the club, we get the most money because if we aren't in the top four we lose a hell of a lot of money um, you know, I think people underestimate how important those bonuses are when you know you're in the Champions League, and it's what we relied on for a long time in terms of making signings, etc. But yeah, it's it's a good point, and we'll have to see because there could be something in the pipeline. Um, but let's just see what happens. And like I said, we're going to move on to Jurgen Klopp and um, Mohammed. I want to ask you, mate. I want to get your take on this because. <laughs> There's, especially on social media, right? And I, I will be careful with how I how I word this because I don't want to offend many, like anyone. People get offensive over people that say stuff like this. But at the match, when you go to games, there's no one really there that's clop out or even considering saying those words. Like the the, the mood is different. Yes, there's frustration when the team doesn't win. Yes, there can be frustration towards the manager. But then you come on the internet and, you know, you, you see a lot of Klopp out and a lot of people heavily criticising him. And look, he is subject to criticism. I've criticised him so much this season. I'm sure everyone on this, both you guys have as well. Um, and again, he's not immune from criticism at all. And I think you can criticise him for a lot of things, especially against the Wolves game or Brentford game, whatever. But um, how much of this, mate, do you think is on his shoulders? And, you know, would you... Would you consider? I I, I sound like a, a madman saying this, but are you can like? Do you think he's the man to take this club forward with this rebuild, or are you leaning? If you are, that's fair enough. Just be honest. But yeah, what where are you at with Klopp, mate? Yeah, on on the first point about the mood around the stadiums and the mood around the club. I guess if you had Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, he never got booed once while he was a United while he was a United manager. Well, I barely I barely I barely had any boos when he was a United manager at the end of games. So I guess people are not going to boo club legends. People are not going to boo managers or players who have done so much for the club. Klopp has too much credit in the bank to to even for people to even start suggesting they deserve to be sacked. But I guess the only point of criticism you make you can make about Klopp is that things do come to an end. 
natural, I mean, changes of gods do need to happen, changes like refreshes need to happen. I remember um, Pep in an interview Rio Ferdinand a long time ago spoke about how he can't win the four Premier Leagues without changing squads or changing things. Things have to change up. And if this squad isn't changing, if the squad is still, we've still got the same place you want us to use CL Trent, Robertson, Van Dyke, Allison, Fabinho, Henderson, Salah, and Firmino, etc. These are the players who still play major roles in our squad and they were here from 2017, 2018. So I guess something has to refresh, something has to change. A natural change of the has just had to occur. And I guess I guess people who do start to tend, tend to criticize Klopp, especially when perhaps he deserves it in terms of team selections, a bit of arrogance, a bit of stubbornness, a bit of poor substitutions, etc. Because you look at you look at a squad, this squad is top four quality squad. I mean, you can argue perhaps we can't compete for the Premier League title because we don't have depth, but the squad we have in hand can should should get top four minimum. And if we don't get top four, it's a failure. And therefore, how much of that failure do you attribute to to Klopp? Or because I guess the main I guess the when you look at Liverpool's issues, we can say multiple things. A lack of intensity, number one, and a lack of and then too much carelessness, for example. And 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 if Klopp can't motivate his players to to to, to be applied, to, to be motivated, to go out hundred percent, therefore I guess people can start blaming Klopp and rightfully so, but I guess talk about sacking, etc. I guess it's, he has too much credit in the bank. He has to, I guess, monumentally fail this season for us to even consider perhaps he deserves to be sacked. But I get why people talk about Klopp leaving because a refresh, seven years, a refresh does have to happen. Like something has to change, whether that be the players in the squad. We are giving us our new players, Gakpo, Nunes, Diaz, etc. Things are things are changing. But I get why people start to criticize Klopp. Changes, a refresh has to happen. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. And we have to make it perfectly clear. No one is saying that he's not up for criticism. You know, no one's bigger than the club. And if he if he does things that make you unhappy or that you don't agree with, of course you can criticize him. But I just feel like, you know, wanting the best. And again, this is a very small minority. We have to make it clear. Um, but to want him out, the or even to consider it, the man that made all of our dreams possible, the man that has done so much for this club, you know, tried putting someone else in there. Like if you think he's struggling with this set of players. Imagine what it would be like with a downgrade, because that's what it would be if Klopp left right now. It would be a downgrade. There's no upgrade. Pep's not available. He wouldn't come to us anyway after his history of Man City. Um, you know, and who else is out there that's on that level? So, Colin, I'm going to put the same question to you, mate, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, mate. But, yeah, how much of this is his fault? And, you know, have you considered yourself maybe moving on now? I don't know. The seven-year curse thing is obviously a massive thing, and and it looks to be real. Um, so many people are clop out there, are, and and I know we say it's a small minority, but there are quite a few, especially on Twitter recently, and I've seen it where they go, you know, clop out. And I was reading obviously the comments while 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 we're talking. You wouldn't want a Tuchel situation where Tuchel wasn't given enough time. They've brought Potter in and Potter doesn't seem to be doing much either. Um, so right now, it would always be in my gut to stick with him. I don't think a, a manager, especially someone of Klopp's calibre, I don't feel as if you lose... I don't think you get worse. I don't know how to really ex- explain that. But, you know, unless Klopp's getting bored and wants a different challenge... I think he's the right person. I, I think when you've been around a club as long as you have, like Klopp has, for, you know, coming up to seven years now, there's no one else that really fits 
it for me as such. I think especially when Klopp is now taking, and the reason I don't think Klopp will go anyway, Klopp's taking a very important role now with transfers. We it seems, you know, with with obviously our our, our transfer people leaving and you know going different areas and going to different clubs. Klopp sort of has had an impact now on who we sign. I think Klopp wanted Gakpo. We got Gakpo. Klopp's wanted players. We look to be pushing for him. He's very confident on Jude and stuff like that. He wants to go for him. You know, it's no longer someone else making the decision. It's sort of Klopp now saying, I want this. Let's go get him. And now we're seeing it. The FSG is sort of going, okay, have it. Like, have what you want. And, but, you know, as you just put up there, with the current funds that FSG are willing to give out, you know, if they don't want to invest, they're not going to go and sign some top tier, like top sort of elite manager, like your Tuchel, like your Pochettinos and, and, and stuff like that, because they just don't want to invest that type of money. So, I mean, for me personally, I'll always be Klopp in. I, I think, you know, you just sort of have to, he has to steady the ship soon, just sort of like, sort of progressively get back to winning ways. But I don't think anyone else takes the job right now. And that's, that's my opinion. I guess the only thing on, um, I was going to say, the, the only thing on Klopp is that, Okay, let's say in a in a in a in a, in a crazy scenario we were to get rid of Klopp, we get a new manager in. Are these players even the kind of players that a new manager would want? Are we gonna are we then gonna say okay, we're gonna start a new project and we're gonna buy the players this manager wanted, etc. We're gonna leave let players go. When you look at the quality of our squad, you look at players like Van Dijk, Salah, Robertson, Trent. These are players that not except for Trent, but these are players who are 27, 28, 29, 30 years old and plus. These are players who should be winning trophies now, not three, four years for another project to come in where a new manager comes in and, and we start a three, four year cycle to win a trophy again. These are players. This is a club and player who who, who have the fun, don't have the fun, who have the we have the quality of players to be winning trophies now. So a new manager, in my opinion, unless unless it was a Tuchel where he could come in, come in and start uh, set the room on fire and win a, and win a UCL in his first season, but then he struggled to do anything in the Premier League. So he needed he needed a project to win the Premier League again. The players we have now, and the manager we have, there's there's zero sign of any 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 ill any ill will between the managers and players. If the players are comfortable and the manager is comfortable, I don't see I don't see a scenario where we can get rid of Klopp simply because these are his players number one. This is his squad that he's built, and number two, a new manager. We'll just have to start a new project. And number three, we have players who, who should be winning trophies now. Salah's 30, 31, Van Dijk's 30. Because he did play should be winning trophies now. We can't start a new, another project in my opinion. I, th- I think just, sorry, Ben, before you carry on, touching on Mohamed there, Klopp's been here, you know, seven years. How many players have been here longer than Klopp? You know, how many players in the current squad, obviously we've got an Asian squad, that's understandable. How many of these players have been Klopp's choices? Who gave Trent Alexander-Arnold his first run out, you know, and, and, and believed in the youngster when he was, when he made his Anfield debut, it was Klopp. And, you know, who brought in Andy Robertson and, and you know, Van Dijk and, and all these players in Canate and, and, you know, this type of player. And we're just sort of going to give up on his project. He's obviously got a mindset now where, you know, Gakpo's, Gakpo's and Nunes are two very different players to who we've had for a long time. Gakpo is completely different to what we normally have. I've never seen a six foot four winger for Liverpool in a long time. You know, Nunes, an, an, an out and out striker. We haven't seen one of them really in a Liverpool shirt for a long time. And what I mean by an out and out striker is someone who's big, you know, likes to be a target man, likes to play sort of false nine sometimes as well, likes to drop back, likes to defend, likes to get involved. Firmino was great at dropping in deep and sort of receiving the ball and, 
and, and playing football. Nunes is the guy that you just sort of hit channels now or hit him and sort of play off him. You know, Klopp is also trying to develop plans with the players that he's buying. It's not a case of yeah. now we're trying to get the ball deep and play forward. It's a case of can we, because let's face it, we've played the same style of football now for six, seven years and we're seeming now to get unstuck. Player, you know, teams couldn't play against the old Liverpool because Liverpool were so good at chopping and changing things. That's why we win games. Now, everyone six years later has gone, same old Liverpool. They do this, they do that. They play like this, they play like that. With the with the introduction of Nunes and Gakpo especially, it brings a different sort of calibre of player up front. Mm-hmm. So you can see that Klopp's trying to amend things. You can see that Klopp's trying to change things slightly to make it different. But as Mohammed said, and it goes back to the exact same thing. It's just one big circle. These are Klopp's players. These are the players that Klopp wants. These are the players that want to play for Klopp. Who's to say that Trent Van Dyke, you know, Gakpo, Nunes, who, you know, if you get another manager come in, who says they're going to want to play for him? You know, all it takes is one argument when they first meet and then suddenly you're in someone's bad books. Mm. I think for that reason alone, this is the manager to take us forward, whether people think it's his fault or not. You're both spot on. And I just think it, it, it's really like about to be a bit difficult because I remember we casted our minds back to the day where the new announcement, the new contract was announced from Klopp and, you know, everyone was like, oh yeah, like five more years of Klopp and, oh, we're going to back him and all of this. And one season where it kind of goes pear-shaped um, and people are like ready to throw the towel in and consider moving them on. And I just think that's mad. And it's always a, a case of, and I'm a firm believer in like, just be happy with what you've got because when it's gone, you don't know if, how much it's going to affect you. And I always come back to Gino and on this point. I never really appreciated him, to be honest. And I'll hold my hands up and say that. And I'm not saying Gino Wijnaldum was world-class when we sold him. I think he was poor that season. But um, in the general gist of things, I think that is the sort of midfielder exactly that we're missing right now. And um, I never really appreciated him when he was here. I thought he was a decent player. But when you look at the team since he's gone, you can say, OK, right, you know, you need to play like that in there. And, you know, it's a similar thing with Klopp. If, if, if our fans are happy to move on and let him go and someone else comes in, I don't know who, um, you know, who's to say that it's going to be years and years and years before we get back to the top again? Because this whole thing of us coming... To the, to the top of English and European football um, and being there ever since, really, it, it's, it's mainly down to Jurgen Klopp. It's, I'm sorry, but people, the biggest of FSG fans can come and tell me it's them or whatever. I don't see any other manager that could have done what he's done with what he's had and the players he's had. Um, he comes in straight away, needs a centre-back. We get Stephen Corker on loan. Look at the alternative that Pep was getting at City when he needed a centre-back as soon as he came in. Um, it was, I think it might have been John Stones, one of the first ones, 50 million. Um, and it, it doesn't stop there. There's been so many times where we need a player. And look, Andy Robertson's gone on to be an incredible player, Liverpool legend, one of the greatest. But signings like that, eight million pounds from a whole city. Uh, Gina Wan Adam from relegated Newcastle. Um, the list goes on and on and on. There's so many you can think of. Um, and obviously, we've seen more money being spent on in terms of fees. Um, as the years have gone by and as we've got better. But in terms of like year by year, when you look at the, the overall picture, I'm sorry, there is not a manager. And I'm, I'm even putting Pep in this category, like I say, that can achieve what he's done with these set, this set of players and these funds. 
And that for me is the the reason why I will never ever bring myself to saying it. If we were somehow near the relegation zone, that's a completely different story. Or even mid table, if we finish like tenth or lower, then okay, I might consider it. But for me, there's no one out there that can work on what he's done. And maybe it's coming to an end, fine. But I think that would always be his decision. Does he want to go? Does he want to leave? If he feels that he's done enough and he's taken this club as far as he can go, that's different. But actively saying that you want him out and, you know, or considering changing him or he can't do this or he can't lead this club to the, to glory, which I fully believe he can if he's back with the right tools, then um, I think that's mad. But, Mohamed, do you have anything to add on that, mate, just before we close up? Because, yeah... Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I guess, I guess the difference is this time. I guess two seasons going in the twenty 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 one season. The issue was that I guess people could say we were bad because of injuries, we were bad because we didn't have centre backs, we were bad because we didn't send a replacement in January. But I guess this season people are starting to, I don't know, I guess blame Klopp is because the players are there this time. I mean, yes, we've had a few injuries in midfield and the midfield is a bit lackluster, but we still got we still got players who only six months ago were very quality players. And therefore, when you see the drop-off that we've seen, which is a very severe drop-off, especially in the midfield, because Fabinho's been available for a lot of periods, Thiago's been available for a lot of periods, Henderson, etc., and the defence has been fine for the majority of the season. When you have such a large drop-off, I guess people naturally just tend to blame the manager as a result. So, I get the club criticism, but I, I just I, I just guess we go into extremities when we start talking about sacking, etc., because it's, it's just way too early. I guess it'd have to be a monumental failure for him to even, for us to start considering he has perhaps a new manager, but I get the criticism because when you see a drop off, considering we've had players available for a lot of periods of the season, I get why people tend to tend to gravitate towards criticizing clock. Yeah, hundred um, percent agree with you, mate. And look, we just got to hope that something happens in this window and the players start playing that we know they can and we click and we can somewhat salvage this year. Top four and a trophy, or top four or whatever. I think top four is obviously the minimum expectation and anything else. Is, is a bonus based on this season. Obviously, we want to go for the league and the Champions League every year, but obviously things change and expectations can change. So um, I'm not saying we'll celebrate getting top four, but that's kind of what we have to get. And let's just hope we can. And um, like I said, guys, make sure you've subscribed, notifications on, all of that stuff, because we are going to be here every week talking about it, transfers, games, reactions, anything you need to know, um, all things LFC, we will be here. So if you're guys, so thank you for watching. Um, make sure you've subscribed, like the stream, all of that jazz. And um, we will see you after the Brighton game. So take care and goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.